I'd like you to take your Bibles with me for a moment today and uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Also, I just want to just uh, simply reiterate something Pastor Russ has said is please stay and have lunch with us today. Uh, it's cooking right now. It's going to be ready for you uh, here just shortly after the service is finished. And and uh, you're welcome to stay. We've got plenty of food, and, and we'd love to have uh, you as our guest this morning, or this today, and to be able to welcome you. Hebrews chapter 11, and just one verse, verse number three. The Bible says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things, which are visible. In my mind, this is one of the most important verses in the Bible. When we come to take a look at the ideas around creation and everything like this, this is a verse that, in my mind, this is one of those things, those verses that, that separates a lot of people. You are either going to believe that God created everything, and if you do, then you need to know God. And that becomes that, that becomes that tipping point in people's lives. Do I know God? If I want to know God, if I want to have that relationship with God, then I also need to understand that he has made everything. As a part of a marketing campaign <clears throat> some time ago to attract new subscribers, National Geographic magazine produced a remarkable brochure that was simply called 10 pictures you will never forget. In this pamphlet were shots of Buzz Aldrin standing on the moon taking a photograph of Earth. And an incredible scene. In fact, this is one that made it on stamps. You've probably seen it in many areas. One of the other shots was the eruption of Mount St. Helens which literally blew several hundred feet off the top of that mountain. I've driven by that mountain on many occasions. I'm just glad I wasn't driving by that day because it blew the whole thing out. One of the scenes was a Brazilian tiger. And this tiger was sprawled across a tree branch waiting for perhaps lunch. The 10 unforgettable pictures were possible only because of 10 unforgettable words. And these words are coming up for you. Let's say them together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In this age of sophistication and science, we can easily be influenced to miss the key points because <clears throat> so much of what we have heard and read assumes that there is a godless origin to the world. It is important that we remind ourselves that God made the moon, he made the earth, he made the mountains, he made the tigers, he made me, he made you. God made it all. And he did so out of nothing. And there are dozens of places throughout scripture that, God, that the, the Bible tells me that God is behind all of this. They are just 10 words, but they form the foundation of all of the beauty and the majesty and the truth 
of everything in this universe. If you can get Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 settled in your mind, chances are you'll not have trouble with the rest of the Bible. This is the start point. This is the launch right here that God did it all. You see, friends, the architect, the architect must have lived before the edifice that he or she designed was ever built. And so, he who designed and built all things before they ever existed and ever created is God. We could take a deep dive into systematic theology here and and we could take a long, and you'd have to hold your breath for a long time, and we could talk about cosmological arguments and uh, ontological arguments and all of these various arguments. But I simply suggest that we look at God's word. Psalm 90, verse number 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, before you ever formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In the first century, the best scientific minds concluded <clears throat> the ultimate breakdown of all matter were four things. Fire, water, soil, and air. Everything flowed out of those four items. Here we are in the 21st century and 2,000 years of human exploration behind us. And guess what? We really can't improve upon that at all. Once again, Hebrews 11 and 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God spoke and a universe as vast as it is and beyond the understanding, the knowledge and the reach of humanity itself is all formed by the word of God that he spoke. And there was nothing floating around out here. There were no elements. There were no, none of this silliness that something collided and a spark occurred. And guess what? Here we are today. Seriously, in my mind and my thought, it takes a whole lot more faith to believe that than what the Bible simply says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Faith is how we lay hold of facts immediately. Instead of chasing rabbits down every path in the pasture, faith brings us to the point. Science cannot tell me how history is going to end, but faith tells me that I know how it will end. It tells me that. Science cannot tell me what's wrong with human life and the ways people treat each other and act toward each other. But by faith, I can know those things. Science cannot tell me what lies beyond the door of death. But by faith, I can know what lies beyond the door of death. I'm sure that after many more centuries and more, so, more painful work, maybe some of these answers might start clearing up but today we come to a place of faith and we can actually know. Last night I was reading, I came across something I add today. Peter Thiel 
is a name that you may not recognize, but he is the founder of what is called PayPal. We've used it here at the church. It's a financial organization type uh, operation. Peter Thiel is a billionaire. He is a billionaire. He believes that he will be able to live to 120 years old. He has a specialized diet. He takes various hormones and things like that. It's his insight that says cancer will be cured in 10 years, and so I'll live on. Larry Ellison is the founder of Oracle. He is a multi-billionaire. As a matter of fact, and I should check this out a little closer, I believe out on the Hawaiian island chain, he bought one of the islands. Just went out and bought it. He says this, I don't understand how you can be here one moment and be gone the next. And so he invests in life extension opportunities. Bill Maris, another Silicon Valley billionaire, is investing in multiple things to cure aging. Larry King, there's somebody you probably know, an interviewer on television. He is literally preoccupied with death. He has arranged for his body to be frozen at the point of his death, and his words are this, at least I'll die with a shred of hope. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we can do better than a shred of hope. And by the way, that shred of hope stands on absolutely nothing. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have that life more abundantly. Jesus said, in front of a tomb where a dead man lay, I'm the resurrection and the life, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said in John 14, he says, I'm going away, but I'm coming back again to receive you because that's where I am, there you can be also. I can know. Science does not reveal that, but faith, Faith that doesn't rest on anything, but faith rests on the solid word of Almighty God. It says, this is where you're going. You die and you'll come here. And all of these things. Faith comes to grips with reality. Faith is not re impressed with phony or the false. Or God deals only with the truth. God calls on us to trust his truth and ignore the other voices. I'm interested in the other voices. I read a lot. And I'm always intrigued when the Hubble Space Scope or some other thing says, oh, we have looked far beyond to the beginnings of time. And I think to myself, you know what? <clears throat> I did that just this week in Vacation Bible School. Where God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How about that? And I didn't have to spend hundreds of billions to do it. I just picked up my Bible and opened it to page one. And God told me. God calls on us to trust him. Faith is what believes God in his grace 
And in the grace of God, God stepped over the boundaries of space and time and human history, and he has spoken to us. Listen to what he says in Hebrews chapter 1. In Hebrews chapter 1, he says, God spoke to us at various times and in various ways. But in this time's past, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he, appear, he appointed heir of all things. Now listen to this line. Through whom he also made the worlds. This is our God who speaks to us. Ladies and gentlemen, faith. Faith is the true north of life. When everything else is confusing, when everything else is rolling around you, when everything else is pressing in, when everything else causes you to turn this way or that way, faith is that moment where you reset your life, where you reset your focus back on God, and where God reorients your life, and that orientation will be to him. That's what faith is. Faith is so valuable. It causes me to make the necessary adjustments in my life in order to walk with him. I don't know who wrote this, but I share it with you briefly. Wind and water, light and soil, speak so faithfully of God. Let us give him praise for the goodness he displays. All of the creation is the autograph of God. He has autographed what he has created. And he shows it to you and he shows it to me. And he asked me to respond to him. He asked me to trust him. He asked me to have confidence in him. So many people today to try to put their confidence in this or this or whatever it is, only to find disappointment and failure. God will never fail you. God will never disappoint you. God will do something in your life that things cannot do. What God will do in your life is grow in your life. His, his presence and that faith that we've talked briefly about this morning will continue to develop in your life and grow in your life. It's a wondrous faith. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and because this day is not just the culmination of Vacation Bible School, but it's a day in which, once again, we have the opportunity to register faith in the living God, to register faith in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, who came into the world to seek and to save that which is lost. Father, I pray for people in the emptiness of people's hearts and lives. I pray for people who, who look so desperately and so hard in so many directions to fill that void of their life. Father, the, the, <coughs> this morning, I pray that you are personally going to be speaking into people's lives. 
Father, I pray today that you would talk to somebody and help somebody to respond simply to the gospel and say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want to know him. I want faith to come literally alive in my life. And I'm ready to respond to Christ and to make him the Lord of my life. Somebody pray with me right now as we pray together. Father, come into my life. Come into my heart. I realize that I've looked so hard and so long to fill the gap, the emptiness of my life. Today I've discovered that it's Jesus. He's the one I need. He's the one who has provided promises which never fail. He's the one. I confess to you this morning that I'm, I'm a sinner. And I'm sorry for my sin. I repent of my sin. And today, once again, in a very simple, childlike faith, I ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Save me from my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my heart and stay in my heart. I ask Jesus to do this by, once again, simple childlike faith. I believe that he has done it. I believe he has come in. While our heads are still bowed in church this morning, before we dismiss, in this last moment of prayer, if you prayed that with me this morning, if you've desired Christ to live in your life, I'm going to ask you to do simply one thing, and that's it. It's very simple, very, very simple. I'm asking you simply just to lift your hand, do that right now, and put it down. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Father, I appreciate these souls that lifted their hands. Help them to be totally serious about what they've just done and what they've just prayed. Make it real in their life, real in their heart. Forgive their sins. Make them new people. Create in them clean hearts and begin to fill their lives with new purpose as they believe and confess you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.